Right, hello everybody. Uh, welcome back to episode two of the National Leprechaun Museum podcast. Today our theme is about love and liquid, which is quite an odd combination, but it'll make sense as we go. Uh, here today I'm Nathan the Doctor MD MacDonnell. <laughs> <laughs> Laughing over there we have Poddy Deck the Halls Holly. Mm. And I'm, just, I'm just laughing at the idea that you'd get the 600 points necessary <laughs> for medicine. No, I'd, I'd weasel my way through the PLC system. That's what oh, I'd do. I do yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and then over here to, to our left is Deirdre, the Queen Quinn. What do you think of that? It's not bad. Ah, I'm not bad with that. And how should we kick off? Firstly, when we say that the theme is love and water, okay, we were, <laughs> love and liquid or love and water. We were talking last week about love because we're coming into spring, obviously, mm. or we're thinking forwards towards spring anyway because January is so miserable. And we were thinking about love and spring, and then we looked at the stories and a lot of. Irish love stories, well, A, they involve the sea or a loch or a lake. or And then we start to look a little bit closer at them again and we realise that not only do they tend to involve the sea, they tend to involve liquids in general, which mm-hmm. is weird. Drinks in cups and things like this. Yeah, mm-hmm. we. I'm, I'm thinking of the story of Mider and Etain uh, with the, the cup of wine, the liquid there yeah. again. If you can uh, pour my wine well enough. I, like, I always like to think of that as like the Irish version of Beauty and the Beast, because it's got that, those qualities to it. How do you mean? The animal transformation and it, the struggle and it's the fighting and it's the unsure girl, but it's not really her journey. It's somebody else's journey, mm-hmm. if you get me. So it's the guy's journey. Just like in Beauty and the Beast, it was really the Beast's journey or mm-hmm. Prince Adam's journey to find a place. Or and because it's like the Irish it. version of Beauty and the Beast, it yeah. also involves alcohol and bigamy. <laughs> yes, <laughs> as you would. <laughs> indeed, indeed. We might, we might yeah. have more from that story a little later on. Oh, uh, yeah. Can we break into song now or later? <laughs> I'm always ready to oh, break. God. Always ready to break into song. Oh, God. I knew I had a partner in you. So God, a friend in me. See. <laughs> it's funny, Misha, one of our storytellers, also working here at the museum, said to me that the sea breaks your heart. Oh. And this is coming from the stories, as you were just saying, where a yeah. lot of love stories happen near the waves, mm-hmm. yeah. near mm-hmm. the ocean. Long romantic stares out into the abyss. We had the Lady of Gallerus on a, a previous podcast. Oh. And mm-hmm. that's, you know, it closes out with the husband staring out at the waves of the Atlantic crashing, and just thinking of, the, of where his wife and his children have gone. Yeah, they yeah. dive beneath the waves. the waves. And we also have, uh, as we did in episode one, we have... Questions! Ooh, from the mystery box. From the Question. big pink mystery box, which is actually my favourite colour. Oh, Yeah, nice. right? I'll buy you a new scarf in pink. I have okay. actually already. Oh, do you? Yeah. Yeah, yeah I like my scarves, just to let you know, out there. He is a big scarf fanatic. Mm-hmm. Yeah. He has one every day. Day that's different. I don't think I've ever seen the one you're wearing right now. No, this before. is a, this is a new scarf. So for those of you at home, because you can't see this scarf, I will describe it to you in great length. And here we go. It's a big, thick, woolly scarf. It's copper. It looks like a kind of scarf that you would get by killing a fox, and then combining. <laughs> we do not it condone the killing with, of wild no. animals. No, no, no. I mean, like before, it was not cool. So it's an old scarf, you know. It's a it's a double knit scarf with that's more burnt orange and it's got lovely tassels at the end. Wow. Okay. There Reminds me of Bourneville chocolate for some <laughs> reason. <laughs> uh, but yes, the sea, the sea. 
Yeah. The sea. Yeah. Anyway, yeah, it uh, oh, it's I, I, a box yes. of questions. It is a box of magic. First question. Let's rattle, rattle the box. Oh, I forgot to tell you. I did some research last night for th- yeah. for this afternoon. I went to go see Aquaman last night. Oh, oh yes. And not just because of the lovely, lovely Mr. Momoa himself. Mm-hmm. Oh. Um, but I felt, oh, this is going to be interesting. As if it's tying in for research. So yeah. just, I wanted to put that in. If I can say Jason Momoa's name over and over again, I'll be happy, lady. Make, making love to a fish? No. I just said saying his name over and over again. It'll make ah, me happy. Ah, okay. Oh, okay. There we go. I'm covered sorry, with tracks. I'm sorry, Deirdre, but we can't pay you to go see Aquaman. <laughs> <laughs> I'll, just, I'll just sit here quietly, so. First question from the question box comes in from a, a good friend of the museum, Kate Viv. Uh, at least I think it's Kate Viv. It's Kay. 8viv on Instagram who uh, engages with us a, a great deal she's a lovely person Banshee Folklore she wants to know more Ooh. she says her great uncle John used to tell her that she has the hair of a banshee Nathan <laughs> <laughs> uh, what's, what's a banshee's hair like you've surely gone out with a banshee, a banshee. or two in your time I actually I really have I have this so it can be quite tangled Okay. You know, and then that's why she's always combing it. You'll mm-hmm. find bits of sticks and bracken lying in her hair. and It can be very, very lovely smelling if you like oh, the smell yeah. of mould. Right. Yeah. Uh, tell, the li- tell the listeners what a banshee is, just in case. So just to, to clear anything up, the banshee is a ghostly fairy woman who has since died and is now returning as a ghost to haunt people and let them know when their loved ones are about to be taken away from them. So there's a nice little tie in there with love. They also make lovely crisps. <laughs> Banshee bones. I love them as a child. <laughs> they don't still make them. They don't, I don't still. Think no, so. no, no, no. They're, they're pure poison. <laughs> they taste lovely. <laughs> but isn't there? There we are, children. Don't eat banshee crisps, otherwise she'll be after you. <laughs> isn't there a, a beginning, an origin story to the banshee, where she's a in love them, with yeah, a human yeah. man, and she finds that he dies, and then she dies of a heartbreak, mm-hmm. screaming. I always have this idea of the Banshee, like an awful lot of people depict her as this horrific, horrifying thing. But for I remember talking to one lady in the gift shop at the end of a tour, and she always thought that the cry of the Banshee was actually a form of comfort as a kind of... It, it was uh, seen like that for... A signal for people to think. A long time. Oh, yeah, it was okay. She was originally seen yeah. as, an, as a nicer character that was actually giving you a warning, something you could possibly mm. do something about. Yeah. Um, and also she's been depicted as beautiful as well. Mm-hmm. Not just an old haggard lady with wrinkles so deep she looks like a bag of sticks. So that fits in rather nicely with our, with our theme of love. The mm-hmm. banshee is in, is in love with a human. Yeah. Well, where's the water? Well, I can tell you where the water is. Oh. Brian Baru, before he went to the Battle of Clontarf, saw the banshee washing a shirt mm-hmm. uh, full of blood or coated in blood in the river. And that's how he knew he was going to die. Ah. That's how I'm going to die. Let's not bring that up. Yeah. Well, actually, it, there's record You're going to die in a battle in, in Clantar. <laughs> no, but there's... Um, with the Banshee, it was also that she would wash the bloodied bones and the, the limbs and the heads of the soldiers as well. Mm-hmm. I've heard that one as well. And that she can't cross a body of water. Mm-hmm. That if you're on one side of a river, she's on the other, you'll be fine. She's not coming anywhere near you. Vampires can't cross water either. Is that vampires? Is it? Vampires can't cross water. I did not know. Oh, oh some, some vampires. vampires. Some vampires. Some vampires. Yeah. Our yeah. Um, 
Wizard of Oz behind the curtain is telling us little details. Yeah. The producer to. has indicated. <laughs> <laughs> oh, this just in. Um, yeah. Okay, uh, another question. So, what is the lifespan of a leprechaun, Deirdre? Well, from the stories that we've heard, there's never really been one of, say, a young leprechaun or a child leprechaun. They're creatures that have always been around for hundreds and hundreds of kind of years. Yes, solitary creatures, yes, solitary fairies that do pop up when you least expect it, but they were never seen as young or, God forbid, a teenage leprechaun. Oh, that would be awful. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> yeah, but the few stories of female leprechauns yeah. you get, you don't, uh, you don't, yeah, you don't get them with a baby. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Here's me and my six kids. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. And they all fit in my one shoe. <laughs> I do know of one story of a leprechaun that was born. Oh, but yes. it's kind of a half leprechaun, half human. Okay. Because it was born a, with a human woman. Okay. okay. Which is, I yeah. think I know the one you're talking about. You know about. the story, yeah. yeah. It's, um, it may not be appropriate. <laughs> yeah, no, it's not a very appropriate story. But I do often tell people on the tours in the museum that it's just something we just don't know. Mm-hmm. And we just got to get over that fact and yeah. deal with it. They live very long lives. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Most of the two-headed, most of the fairy folk and the fairy creatures live very long lives. And tying that back to the banshee, the part of the reason is the banshee always died mm-hmm. before the human she fell in love with was because she lived for so, so long. very long. And that was obviously taken up by Tolkien and the Lord of the Rings, mm-hmm. where Arwen lives a lot longer than mm-hmm. Aragorn. Yeah. Yes. For the Lord of the Rings nerds <laughs> out there, I got them uh, facts. Well, actually, in, in one of the stories I was researching for this very podcast, mm-hmm, cue all the woohoos at home. Ooh. She d- she uses that as an excuse for not to be with the man. He he f- finds a mermaid and he's like, "Oh, I want to be with you." And she says, "No, you're just a little too young for me." He's like fifty something, and, <laughs> and she's like, she looks like a twenty something year old woman, absolutely gorgeous, and turns out she's like. Four or five, six hundred years old. Um, <laughs> <laughs> it always reminds me of that changeling story of the brewing of the eggshells, when the changeling baby stands up in the cot and says, "I've been on this planet for two hundred and odd years, and mm. I've never seen someone make the eggshell soup." Mm-hmm. Kind of thing. Mm-hmm. I always, I always go back to that story of that's where someone caught the age. And that's what's so creepy about the Brewery of Eggshell story. It's that the baby stands up and any more whiskey mammy or something like that. (laughs) That's because of the old changeling voice Mm -hmm. comes out of the the mouth of a baby. Well, the the idea of age does keep coming up in so many stories to do with fairies falling in love with humans because so many of our characters do, let's say, intermingle with us. Yes. You know, like even Fionn McCool has the story of where his hair turns white. Yeah. And the the fairy woman sees him and she falls in love with him, but her sister says, no, he'll be dead very soon before you know it. You'll blink and he'll be gone, you know. Um, I was on the very good Tales from the Shadows podcast not so long ago. Uh, we were talking about the 40 fairy women, how there always seems to be 40 fairy women just lying around <laughs> to carry a warrior <laughs> off the battlefield yeah. or to wash a guy. And I think that's partly because that, as you say, the fairy, the fairy gentlemen mm-hmm. seem to prefer to intermingle with us than their own people. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Well, we are very pretty. Yes. <laughs> Not that you'd know that at home, but come into yeah. the museum, you'll see us. Trust we're us, very pretty. We're, we're gorgeous. <laughs> <laughs> uh, how did leprechauns get their names? It's a great question. What do you reckon, Potty? You uh, are the grand himself. 
Uh, <laughs> <laughs> from um, the last podcast. From the last podcast, yeah. Uh, Continuity. <laughs> well, uh, we know where the word leprechaun itself comes from. It's this Lupercorn, is it? Lupercorn, yeah. Lupercorn. That's uh, like uh, the uh, Americans sometimes come into the museum and they're like the leprechauns, mm-hmm. and uh, in fairness, it to them with the alphabet they are familiar with Mm -hmm. that's what it looks like Mm -hmm. because when the word was anglicized when it was made into an english word they took the fada out of it Mm. the fada the a fada i n at the end of corpon is a hard sound that's Mm -hmm. why you say leprechaun rather than leprechaun for those of you at home potties explaining this while elongating his arm to show the length of a vowel <laughs> like that was going to help you at home you can tell he's a bit of a born teacher yeah. hold it out for the day we get it this on youtube yeah <laughs> um i remember hearing a source i don't know where i keep forgetting where my sources come from who knows i just get be- they get beamed stuff. into my head at night by the aliens. Nathan, i just smile and nod when you tell me a story because no, i know how dark it's gonna get somebody was saying it was lathbroga it was a, a mutation on the words for like single shoe yes right. that's in an early that's in the introduction of the bob kern book a truth about leprechauns mm-hmm. um i now you can correct me if i'm wrong here because the Grant himself knows his stuff and uh-huh. I'm just a storyteller. But it was Yeats who believed it came from a small shoe, but other sources believed it came from the Lou Corkbon well, kind the, of series. Well, in um, the manuscript, the very first Leprechaun mm-hmm. manuscript, it is very clearly Lou Corkbon. Mm-hmm. And it makes a kind of sense uh, on a few levels. Lou is the Irish word for small and corp is the Irish word for body. So you're getting small bodied which is irish is a very literal language that's why mm-hmm. all of the place names in ireland you know they all describe exactly how you don't get this quite the same in english yeah. the but hill the, with a tree the hill yeah. with a tree <laughs> or or like the town at the place where you cross the river yeah. <laughs> uh, i'm just pleased that it means that i can't use wb eights as a solid reference for things meaning uh, i don't have to read him as much as i <laughs> Yeats was travelling around the country and in fairness to him he was uh, editing and compiling the stories as he heard them. And probably a little gullible. Um, I'd imagine there's a few people playing tricks on him. uh, uh, (laughs) Irish stories never the same twice. Yeah. Um, I I have this image of my head of a minivan or like a caravan and in it is Lady Augusta Gregory, WB Yeats and possibly Douglas Hyde like sunbathing on the roof (laughs) and they're travelling around the west of the country collecting stories from local peoples and they're like they're addressing this in the Tales from West of Ireland book which I absolutely love that book because it's great snippets about different things for those of you at home just to let you know Deirdre likes to read I like being a book collector because I can never finish a book and in the two seconds since I've heard Deirdre's story I have copyrighted the whole graphic novel series there's also the idea that Lou Corpon is a pun Mm-hmm. It's a play on words, because Lou, god of fire, god of making things, was Lou was also the god, mm-hmm. and those that believe that leprechauns are really just 
the Christian monks joke joke or um, defamation defamation of the the Irish gods Lou being the Irish word for small and Lou being the Irish word for the god mm. it's, it's, it's a joke it's a very bad joke yeah. but it might be a joke the monks weren't funny but they gave it a shot yes no. yes mm. it's like me I'm not funny <laughs> And that got a laugh, though. That always gets a laugh when I say I'm not funny. It's weird. You're funny looking. Yeah. <laughs> Just hold on to your scarf. It'll be fine. Yeah, okay. okay. uh, have leprechauns ever been to France? I went to France once. You <laughs> and Nathan is not a leprechaun. Uh, no. Contrary to popular belief. Yeah. Contrary to what they say on the wall of the bathroom. Uh, He's just two centimetres too tall. (laughs) (laughs) Did Mark not have a story about a leprechaun that went to France? He's taking the horse to France. uh, Yeah, um, Mark used to tell a story around the pot of gold and he used to use one of the visitors on a tour and get their name and have their name involved in the story. And it was basically the two of them going on to this mad, mad, basically two-day bender of heading off to some nice Delft shop in France in Paris. And they <laughs> gutted out the entire thing. <laughs> I'm on a tangent. Per- okay, yes, You've heard it here first, ladies and gentlemen. Yes, leprechauns have been to France. They went on a two-day bender in a Delft shop. <laughs> what I'd say, though, is that um, these are not just Irish stories. No, that there's an element of, of they're, um, bleeding stories all through. There, there are characters in Brittany, mm-hmm. in the Britannia, in my attempt at French accent. Nathan has just slammed down his cup in <laughs> my ridiculous attempt at a French oh, accent. I think he was are, trying to say, "Hit me, baby, one more time." Yeah, the mm. far, the far fidel, I think, is is some kind of um, small French man, small. A uh, man from Brittany who very closely resembles a leprechaun. So both leprechauns getting drunk in Delft shops and leprechauns <laughs> yeah. in the Brittany. We can uh, we can answer that question to say yes, mm-hmm, leprechauns yes. have been to France. But these now, questions aren't all focused around love and water. Well, oh, Ooh. well, what was the courting process of leprechauns, Nathan? Oh, right. I really want to imagine there's some sort of dance or some sort of flash because they're very crafty they created things they were makers and imagine there's something to do with like like these birds of these exotic birds where they have these big flashy colours behind them this like is completely being I'm making this up just to, I'm uh, having this image of my head of a leprechaun Great Gatsby party happening yeah, exactly, right now exactly of like like hanging from chandeliers mm-hmm. possibly having a dance on a piece of delf um, and like just listening to music and that's Darby it. could be playing his fiddle in the corner like that's a lot nicer than what I was picturing because <laughs> I was picturing it with more like scorpions ah. you know where they put down where the male puts down his little packet and the female dances over it and then they go they both go off in their merry way ah okay that's a new well, one for me the problem is with the little we have on female leprechauns and male leprechauns don't seem inclined to make love to one another we don't really have too much information as to what you don't know do. that the males no, no. aren't inclined they, they to don't love one seem another. to from what no. I've gathered we have very few stories but that is mm-hmm. that is the case generally I would uh, imagine because there's just such a an abundance of males. Well, there are leprechaun, leprechaun mothers, so oh. there has to be a leprechaun children. Okay. And they are vaguely mammalian. <laughs> so, I'd, I'd imagine it's very in in the Irish sense of. Um, I when I said courting process, to your <laughs> message, I didn't mean reproduction. I meant no, I know, but I mean romance. 
Yo, uh, oh, not the same thing. But it's, it's, it's not one of how you. Yeah. So, dear listeners, our lovely Nathan is actually the love doctor of the museum. So, yes. are we surprised the conversation has gone to this point? Um, I'm currently in love, and my Darkland tour that I do on the evenings has changed theme all about love because I'm now the authority because it's been two whole months so I can tell you everything and give you advice for the rest of your entire lives it generally seems to involve if you're not happy kill your spouse yes that seems to be the way most Irish tales have been mm-hmm. gone the, there's that great song uh, Henry my son where Henry eats poison beans what an idiot <laughs> did you not learn anything from Jack <laughs> he eats poison beans and he goes home to his mother and as he's laying there sick typical Irish mother what does she do she says and what will you leave us after you're dead (laughs) (laughs) and he goes through all of his possessions this is going to my father Mm. and then she says what will you leave your sweetheart and he says a rope to hang her nice follow me into the afterlife (laughs) I love you so much it's like the ending of the notebook but with a noose (laughs) (laughs) there was actually this story that I was I was trying to get a good source of for the podcast that had all to do with love and the sea and so on but it's, it's not technically sea it's really a lighthouse which is still a part of the sea. Mm-hmm. Go on, um, go on, yeah. There was a lighthouse keeper who only recently lost his beloved and he was heartbroken morning, night and noon over the fact that he lost his true love. So from hearing about from the local people of the town where he lived, there was a wise woman. A wise woman was the like of a fortune teller, a clairvoyant, a herbalist, and they could give you remedy for ailments, but they could also give you wisdom that they learned from the fairy folk themselves. And she gave him just a few lines of an enchantment, a few lines of what seemed like a song. And she said to him, if you can find the grave of your beloved and utter these words to her and sprinkle the water from the sea over her, something might happen. So he decide to give this a go. The site wasn't too far away from the lighthouse because they never want to be apart for more than what seemed like a few feet. So he said the enchantment to the area and that evening he just sat there for the entire night. But when the clock went 12, something started to move. The soil was turning, the bony hand came up from the soil. And there, sitting up next to the lighthouse keeper, was the wife. Now, I'm not going to lie, she'd been in the ground for a bit. She wasn't looking the same. But the two of them headed away to a cave. <laughs> what you say that like, you were about to go into an ad for embalming fluid. <laughs> Is your lover dug up from the grave? By our embalming fluid. Has your lover risen from the dead? <laughs> yeah. But the, what the, what happened was in that evening when they finally were together, they found a cave and the two of them just couldn't stop dancing together. It was the mythicism of the entire night, the moonlight, the fact that he could be with his love again. But she did say something to him, was saying, I can only ever see you during nighttime. I can never see you when there's lightness. So when the, when the dawn arrives and the sun rises, I have to be gone. But he's like, but will I ever see you again? He's like, yes, tomorrow night. Mm-hmm. Just make sure that you put the lighthouse on a timer and no ships crash. So you put a clothes well, peg on your nose. Like, <laughs> you know, he wasn't going to put that out with the, straight out of the way. You know, he wanted to be subtle about it. Um, it was his dear beloved. So when they finished their night of dancing, when they had their romance, he walked her back to 
her eternal bed, if you will, and tucked her in, tapped the soil. Oh, maybe, tucked her in. I know, you know that oh, yourself. That's so sweet. And so when the sun was coming up, he went back to the lighthouse and he couldn't believe that it actually worked. And then the following evening, when the sun was going down, he went back to the site and of course the soil had already moved a little bit. And mm. she was so excited to reach the surface again that the two of them just ran to the cave and every single night he could leave the lighthouse and knowing that his beloved will be with him for as long as can be so until his last days he had his own zombie bride that came back from the dead that sounds way too Um, happy i know especially a love story for me as well but here's the thing though did she stop decomposing (laughs) that's what's on everyone's mind i was just thinking (laughs) like how much decomposing composing was there and were there more opportunities in the future of their their relationship with their certain parts of the body decomposing consummating the relationship I I just think that the I just have this like you were talking about the notebook earlier on I just have this really innocent beautiful image of my head of them just dancing throughout the entire night in the cave do a zombie version of the notebook you can't dance if you have rigor mortis. <laughs> well, you can if you want to. It was done in Thriller. Oh, oh it was done in Thriller, Polly. Yeah. How long have they been... Anyways, we're getting off. But I like here. to think it was forever, That's forever nice. in a day. That's nice. Yeah. yeah. But this, it's, 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 it's mystical, it's nice, it's pretty, but it's still... theme keeps okay. coming back, right? You're at the sea. You're, you're a man, obviously, for some reason. You're at the <laughs> sea, and your wife is either dead or she's left you, or you would never had a wife in the first place because you're just such a lonely man. <laughs> and then all of your problems get solved as, as something comes in off the waves and saves you, and then it doesn't go well. It seems to be so... Like, I've got a... Because the tale I've got comes from Loch Nee, and the original way that Loch Nee was, Loch Nee was created was a horse peed there. A magical horse. You mean it's called Loch Ness because Loch Ness. of Loch <laughs> <laughs> That can't be true. That no, that's not that's not why it's called that. Um it's actually called Loch Ness as uh, something from the name of Yochid, which was an old horse oh, god. Okay. But the horse peed there when he wasn't supposed to, and then they covered up the, the pee, and that became like a well. And then some dozy lady called Liban left the lid off the well and it started to overflow and it drowned the village. Everybody died and that's how Loch Ness was created. But Liban survived. She survived in a little barrel with her dog. Aww. Yes, a dog survived. And then Mananon McLear, the god of the sea, comes along to her and says, look, I'll protect you. I don't know why he's protecting her. She's such a dozy lady. She killed everybody. But he's like, I'll protect you. We all make mistakes. Yeah, but we should not be forgiven, Potty. <laughs> <laughs> and so he turns her into a... Well, not, actually, they don't even say Merrow. Her description doesn't fit a Merrow. But a mermaid, essentially. What you'd imagine one to be. And turns her dog into Madrishka. An otter. Yeah. So, mm, so this mermaid and this otter now live in Loch Nee. Yes. And... And one day she hears crying, and there's a man, Macwir, Macwir, this fisherman, whose wife has left him because she met a soldier who was far more interesting. <laughs> she just left him because he was more interesting. And and like Macwir, Mac, yeah, Mac, Macwir was a handsome fella. He looked a bit like me. He was gorgeous. And his scarves not, aren't as good as yours, though, Nate. I'm nodding along, like, <laughs> like you agree. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. you agree, buddy. It's fine. But 
he'd 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 met this woman, this mer- mermaid lady by catching her in his net and pulling her onto his boat and she was gorgeous she had this orange coppery beautiful hair with one of those box fringe that you see these days you know those things all the time gorgeous the box fringe was very popular in ancient Ireland. Mm. they and did a lot of it that's odd how do we know that albert Juror's depiction of the Irish soldiers. Okay, and my man. They were, <laughs> they were all but blonde. She, she had so. these gorgeous sea green eyes, and she had this curly little nose and these red curled lips as well. The most beautiful woman he'd ever seen, and he's absolutely enamoured by her. He's like, "How the hell did you become this lady?" And he, she goes into telling him the story about how what I just told you about how she became this mermaid lady, and then the otter rocks up on the boat and starts licking her face. Aww. Oh my god! Best part of the story, kinda, because then he, he says, "Look, I'll let you go, but you can't run away from me." And she says, "Look, I'll stay on the boat so long as the lake is calm." And he looks around. And he says, "There's no storm clouds around." He knows he's got her for a while. So he lets her out of the, the, the net and they start talking and he says, look, I, I really fancy you. And she says, yeah, but you're a fisherman and I'm the daughter of a king, so I'm, I'm too good for you. But I will kiss you, she says. And she grabs him by the collar, pulls him close and kisses him. And then he gets this rush of water around his body and he feels like he's diving deep beneath the waves. And the deeper and deeper they go, the more he realizes he cannot swim back to the top, but he just falls into her because she's absolutely divine, beautiful. And then he feels an eel rubbing against his skin and pulling at him and then finding its way into what it said, the secret places of his body and and making him, let's just say, very excited. Um, as it would. As it would, you know. Oh, and, okay. and so this eel is now joining in and the three of them then embrace in the I dark waters. I wasn't expecting this to yeah, go all hentai. It just, it just turns. <laughs> it just turns. And then just at the moment of absolute bliss, which we will all know one day, he then wakes up and he's on the edge of the lake and everybody's gathered around and going, oh, thank Jesus you're alive. He's like, what do you mean, what's wrong? He's like, well, the, the storm on the lake, it just washed right across and, and threw the whole place up into a tornado like when a mermaid sings, apparently. And then, uh-huh. and then he, he thinks back into what he, she said. I'll stay on the boat so long as the lake is calm. And then he hears her giggling away. And fun little fact, his wife, who left him for an interesting soldier, came back okay, and said, look, if she was that good, I want to be with you because I think I can be better. Fickle people, the lot of them. Not women, just people in general. Nothing, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Nothing gets more people more interested in someone than if it's a competition. Yeah, mm-hmm. especially if there's an eel involved. But that sounds to me like the best story of two drugs meeting in country. <laughs> <laughs> I'll tell you, man, there, I met this lady there, on a board. There was, there was this horse, and it, <laughs> and it, and it peed everywhere. <laughs> and I was in a barrel, and... I, I, I'd like to kiss you, but <laughs> I can't kiss you. Where's my otter? Mm. <laughs> there is actually something I found. So, if you can please imagine a very, very, very drunk WB8, and probably okay, far too right. many glasses of whatever red wine he's on. <laughs> he described a woman in Cork with a very scaly skin, mm. because it was known locally that she was that the woman was a descendant of a man and his mayoral bride. Yeah, they they mm. used yeah. to say that, I'm, I'm not saying anything about the Bantry people, yeah. but they used to say that about Bantry people in County Cork is mm. they all had they had webbed hands and feet uh. because they were all descended from mayoral people. Oh, from I, thought mermaids. Were, I thought you were going to say inbreeding, but that's no, it's fine. 
Yeah, that makes sense. That makes sense. Actually, good, I good, good luck on your tour with <laughs> your, your music as a musician. You know, um, I read today, funny enough, of all things, that in Kerry it was believed that if you couldn't sleep, mm-hmm. it was because you were descended from the seal people, oh. and that you were honour bound not to kill a seal. Oh. Mm. All the people in Kerry, you're all seal people. I think seals are nosy. <laughs> no, yeah, okay, I get that. Like, but in the same way, dogs are. Because you know? when you go down, you go down to the strand, you go down to the the beach or down to the cliffs, and then you just see the seal's head just pop up, <laughs> and they'll stare at you. And like, you're like so what's going? Is there someone behind me? I think you've it? just caught them in the act, buddy. And then they pop back down, and then oh. uh, two feet over to the right, they'll pop back up again. <laughs> I think they're just nosy. <laughs> Take a picture, seal. It will last longer. <laughs> They don't have thumbs, Poddy. They can't take pictures. That's very true. Yeah. Our yeah. producer is now trying to act out how yeah. a seal may actually... You know, we need to video this yeah. and just post it online. She is, she is a rigorous fact-checker, our producer. So she, yeah. she is currently <laughs> trying to establish if it would... Be feasible. Be Everyone, feasible. I think it's only right that we give our lovely producer... A seal of approval. Oh. Oh. Oh, 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 oh. No, I, I, I saw this thing about Monarch McLear, the, um, our god of the sea, and when he took human form in a battle, he was killed over the of over Lake Carib, and his blood dribbled into the into the river. And thanks to that river, it could basically make him immortal, and his watery exterior came from that, and saving him from the awful battle he had. He's one of those. Yeah. Uh, he's one. is just. A, he just. He'd walk into a story, and the storyteller like will say, and he had gold rings, <laughs> and he had gold chains, <laughs> and a gold belt. I imagine it was like Mr. T. Yeah, the Mr. <laughs> T of Irish folklore. <laughs> That's weird because I always imagine him as Brendan Gleeson in my head because I think Brendan oh, Gleeson voiced him in Song of the Sea. Oh, Song of the Sea is a classic though. Oh, it's a lovely film. So, so pretty. I remember going to see that in the cinema and I was surrounded by children and it didn't make sense. I was like, you don't understand the joy of this film. (laughs) (laughs) But Manon Machlier, the one thing about that film was that he, about the kind of, the drama or the tragedy in his family was very accurate. Because mm-hmm. he seems to be always in uh, difficult relationships. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like his, his wife, uh, Fond, I think she had a gas, a spell, an enchantment put on her. Uh, she and her sister was uh, transformed into a swan. People are always getting transformed into swans. But if you yeah. can pick a bird to be transformed into, you're nice. probably going to go for a swan. Have you ever seen them try to walk? <laughs> no, but I do have an expression that I've been trying to coin, and this is for all of you extensive listeners out there. Go out and spread the word like a swan climbing a ladder. <laughs> to be as graceful as this. And um, well, Also, uh, listeners, please use your common sense. <laughs> yeah, those, those sirens that you just heard, they're coming for danger. Yeah. <laughs> it was nice knowing you all. Oh, oh. What, have you fallen down a well or something? <laughs> <laughs> Deidre's now going to do that bit where you walk into the basement. But Fond is turned into a swan with her sister and Coo Colin. Coo Colin, the hound of Colin, the great warrior hero of Ulster. Coo Colin is is going around with the lads, uh, with the Red Branch Knights, and he encounters the two swans. And the two sisters, the two swan sisters, are linked by a silver chain. Mm. They see swans linked by a silver chain and instead of going, oh, that's beautiful. 
Let's draw a picture of it. Let's write a poem about it. No, what do they say? Let's kill them. Because <laughs> <laughs> it, it's those three options in yeah. any situation in life. You either kill it, write a poem, or draw a picture. Yeah. yeah. I like to think the Fianna were the poets and the Red Knight, Knights of the Red Branch Army were kind of like the real nasty fighters. They were the lads. Yeah, yeah. yeah. The, the lads. They the went on a booze cruise. <laughs> <laughs> And for, uh, I think one of the sisters goes uh, is killed, goes down, and oh, when no. one sister dies, the gasser is uh, lifted. Lifted, okay. and the the gasser, the spell is lifted, and she turns back into a beautiful fairy, fond woman. Gosh, that's convenient, isn't it? Fairy. Kill a swan, get a beautiful woman. Yeah. That's nice. <laughs> Please don't apply that to your real life. <laughs> <laughs> Please. <laughs> That could be terrible. <laughs> and, um, well, Fond is held captive by the, the Red Branch Knights, from, from the version I read, anyway. And mm. she gets what is the ancient Irish equivalent of uh, Stockholm Syndrome. No. <laughs> okay. That whole thing where women inevitably, even though you've done something drastically wrong to their family, mm -hmm. still fell in love with you because you were such a great warrior so hero. damn handsome. Yeah. yeah. I, I do wonder how often that actually <laughs> happened. <laughs> it seems to happen in the stories a the, lot. The victors write the history party, yeah, isn't mm -hmm. it? That's very yeah. true. That they fall in love and they're running through fields of flowers together Aww. and he's buying her the best dress dresses and mm -hmm. singing the best songs about her and they're walking on the beach one day and Manon Maclear comes out oh, no. to claim his wife. I want her back. I yeah. want her back. Want you back. Good. And this is uh, this is all going to be a bit drastic except uh, then Coo Collins' wife, oh, he's yeah. already married. Yeah. Now polygamy was fairly common in ancient Ireland so and mm -hmm. she's like you you like her more than me. I'm supposed to be number one wife. Yeah. Everyone after me is number two wife. It's <laughs> <laughs> a simple system, isn't it? Simple you think he'd figure it out. <laughs> she comes along with all her women and the, the ladies are engaged in some pretty hefty combat. There's the clash of swords, mm. the ring of steel, a rain comes in from the east, wind, wow, and everything. It's epic. it's epic. And just to let you know at home, Potty is reenacting all of these things. He's got the costume and everything. Yeah. Yeah, it's really beautiful. Yeah. The reason why Deirdre's not talking because of the golden spear went through my head. Yeah. I've always wanted to wear the outfit of a warrior woman. Cena. And so while the the Xena versus Callisto scene is taking, anyone who watches Xena will know who I'm talking about. <laughs> Which is probably most of our listeners. Yeah. Probably most of our listeners. Yeah. And this playing out fond comes to the realisation. Well, clearly, uh, Emer is a great fighter and she obviously loves you a great deal. And I have a husband already and we live at the bottom of the sea, mm -hmm. so... Let us part ways now. And uh -huh. Manon Mocklear casts his Gasa his magic spell that Fond will never be able to change her mind and go back oh. to the surface, go back to Ku okay. to be wife number two. He's kind of brainwashing yeah. his wife then into never leaving him. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Essentially. I've, I've always had this thing. I always have this trepidation when I'm delving into any kind of cycles about Irish mythology, when I'm trying to find new stories to talk about for tours or just to find stuff for myself. But 
I've all, I remember hearing a reference to Irish mythology is trying to go back if, if you're watching Coronation Street or any of those soap operas there's so many ins and outs and trials and backstabbing and love stories that are just all disasters waiting to happen kind of thing yeah. that like, when you're trying to delve into that world yeah. do you start at season 3 or season 2 or do you just go from season 6 like everyone else does for Game yeah. of Thrones kind of thing it's like it's like home and away you know, My there's thousands. We, we keep talking about Australian soap operas <laughs> on this podcast. Home and Away is the best one. There's like, Home and Away is on season 6,000 at the oh, stage gosh, or something. Yeah. yeah, there's thousands and thousands of yeah. episodes. You couldn't go back to number one. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, and so you yeah. just, and somehow you've only watched it for, for three episodes and you know who everyone yes. is. Yes. And you know that this Zach oh. is missing because he's in a cult. And <laughs> Speaking oh, of love, going though. back. I like that. That's Speaking a, that's a classic love, reference. My, one of my first teenage loves was Sky from Neighbours. Oh. The, the alternative lesbian one that I was obsessed with because I thought that was cool back then when I was like... Did she have a nice scarf? Um, I don't know. I wasn't into scars back then. I was okay. too. I was too like macho when I was oh, like okay. in my teenage years. Mm-hmm. It's only when it's, I. It's further south in Austria. They tend to wear heavier clothes in northern Austria, or around the Australian Bight, maybe. Okay, in so different parts. Now we're getting into Australian yeah. geography. Oh, actually, can I? It was just really weird <laughs> bit of useless information about Home and Away. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Welcome to the Irish. <laughs> The National Leprechaun Museum's <laughs> Folklore Podcast, where we talk about home and away. <laughs> no. Do you remember there was a character called Kane, the actor who played Kane? Mm-hmm. He yes. actually lives in Ireland now because he's one of oh. like the main producers or one of the writers for Fair City. Mm-hmm. So he is actually so home and away has inspired oh, an awful lot of good nice. things. What I do, <laughs> what I do. Um, but there you go. It we brought it back to the Irish, so it's mm-hmm. fine. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, it's it's funny. So this because. As a storyteller here, when you first come in, you kind of don't know really where to start unless you've had a background in it. Okay. And so I was sort of just handed a book and said, yeah, read that book. And it was fine. But when I went looking for stories, I didn't know where to begin. And I still haven't gone back to the very beginning, of course. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But what I found one of the most interesting things to be was the superstitions, was the little oh, sort of details yes. along the way that would help bolster a story. And one of my favourites, I actually have to read because it's a very particular script. It's not my slugs, is it? No, it's not. It's if so, if you are wanting to marry someone and they get pilfered before you you can marry them, you know, as tends to happen when the the supply is short. (laughs) And and so, say somebody gets married and you don't want them to be happy, you can say, actually, before I before you say it, you need to take a handful of clay. And hold it in between the two lovers. Yeah. Yes, so we as, have our clay. Yes, we have our clay. We have our, our lovers. Two lovers. And what you do is you shake your clay three times and you say, Hate ye one another. Hate, hate ye, ye one, one another. another. May ye be as hateful to each other as sin to Christ. May, May ye be as hateful <laughs> as other. As sin to Christ. Christ. As bread eaten without blessing is to God. Okay. And, then, and then you damn their marriage. Which is uh, beautiful. Right. <laughs> and do you know what? If damning someone else's lovely union of matrimony doesn't work for you, February was actually a very popular time for matchmaking. Yes. In most co- counties across the country, there'd be that one fella or that one person in the town called the matchmaker mm. who'd pair up, oh, actually, do you know what? 
Joe's got a really lovely girl. And Joe's daughter would go very well with uh, Patrick Murphy's eldest son. What's his name there again? Oh, John. Yeah. Johnny. Yeah. I think the two of them getting together will be good, mm. indeed. Their matchmaker's role to send out invitations to tell the two of them to go to the market and just randomly meet each other in passing. Oh, that's so sweet. So, basically, you are going to the market to see who is on the market. Oh. And this would be the thing. Nice. So, no. when it comes into those type of superstitions, those traditions, I'm obsessed with those too. As we yeah. said in the previous podcast now, the matchmaker, you said this is sweet. The matchmaker, the first thing he'd do is to take out a map. <laughs> and see whose who field next to who. was next to whose ah, field. Yes, yeah. the dowry. Because I was going to jump in and say that Nisha and Lauren, two storytellers who work here, were the matchmakers for me and my love at the moment. Oh. Yeah. But we don't live next to each other. Uh, and you don't live near the sea? She does. She, she lives, lives near she the lives sea. I'm not going to say yeah. exactly where because it's. Is, is she a marrow? I think she might be a marrow. Okay. Okay, so if you're listening to this, babe, I'm sorry, but I think you are going to steal my soul. Um, <laughs> she's got this red hair, this beautiful, like, oh my God, potty. Actually, you've seen her, haven't you? have seen her? I have, she's yes. She's like the most beautiful woman you've ever Amaro's seen. Meryl's natural hair colour is green, though. <laughs> ah, yes. Right. Yeah. So she, she shouldn't he, dye her hair he green. He did say mermaid at first. Yeah. And then oh. he went to Meryl. Then I went to Meryl. The Lady of Goddard the great thing where he... The, the fisherman is staring at the Merrow woman. Yeah. It, it's described, the sunlight hitting her hair was described as like butter melting on hot cabbage. <laughs> <laughs> and if there's something that wouldn't get a man in Ireland aroused. No. Now, have and we before we cabbage. finish up, any other news, any other, anything in the news strike you? In the news? Oh, yes. I don't watch the news. You don't watch the news? <laughs> I genuinely don't. I get, I get information beamed into my head in the night. Okay. By the right. aliens who tell me all these made up facts about Irish folklore that I... Moving swiftly yeah, on, dear, yeah. to the news. Well, all that's in the news for me is that I'll be reading plenty, plenty of more of possibly mermaid slash marrow slash Nathan's previous girlfriends. I've got some who've... erotic friend fiction for you, dear. dear. I oh, think you'd enjoy it. Wonderful. Yeah. Like um, Tina Belcher. I'm still... Oh, Tina Belcher. Of course, yeah. Tina Belcher. Uh, but I'll also be... Looking up the likes uh, of new who's Tina Belcher? <laughs> okay, in 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 the in the in the cartoon Bob's Burgers, uh, the young woman oh, Tina right. Belcher, yeah. she she writes fan fiction, but about her friends, and it's usually quite erotic. I'd be She's very surprised if this exploring makes the her sexuality. <laughs> and, uh, well, we'll see. But uh, so she, it's usually to do with touching butts, and usually about zombies as well. And zombies touching butts. Zombies touching butts. So my friend who lives up in Monaghan is 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 a beautiful, fantastic soul, and she wrote me a story. Like this, okay. so I wrote her a rebuttal, and oh. used rebuttal. Oh. Yes, thank you. And the whole thing and, is, and that, <laughs> ladies and gentlemen, that is pun, the butt of the podcast. Is, that's I think that's where we should call it today <laughs> for that awful pun. Yes, and Indeed. just just in case the pun doesn't make it into the cut, and that's everything for us, everybody. Thank you so much. Ah, yes. uh, how do you get in contact? <laughs> Nathan doesn't know because. You can you can get us on Twitter uh, through Leprechaun Museum underscore uh, ie underscore ie. You can reach us on Twitter. Call out us on Twitter. Mm-hmm. Uh, walk up to the museum. Do bring chocolate if you walk up to the yeah. museum. Yes. Bring chocolate and ask us anything. Really, anything. You, you can even shout it in the door. 
yeah. that will work as well. Uh, or email um, rainbow at Email your questions into us. Or uh, there is a hashtag which is ask a storyteller. If if you do have any concerns about what you've heard this evening. If you've been distressed by anything we've said, if I said arousal too much, um, do uh, tell us about Ask a Storyteller on hashtag Ask a Storyteller and we'll address those issues. Yes, indeed. And if there's a theme or if there's a story or something you want us to talk about, please do send it in to us because we'd love to hear what kind of stories you would love to listen to. And if you have any complaints whatsoever, put them on the back of a stamped addressed envelope and mail them to the Minister for Agriculture, 69 Merrion Square, 